Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Why Do I Care? I'm your host, Toby Favalora. And today we are joined by a very special guest from a Democrat from Massachusetts 6th Congressional District, Seth Moulton. How are you, Seth? I'm good. How are you? Good. So let's just dive right into it. Um, I'm going to be quite frank. A lot of people are kind of losing hope in Washington politics after the consistent lack of action on the gun control front. So I'm just I'm here to ask you, what are you willing to do in order to try to prevent the next mass shooting that we see to happen almost every day? Well, this is an issue I've been working on for a long time because I know guns personally. Uh, I'm a Marine veteran. I did four tours in Iraq in the infantry. That meant that I had a gun on me every single day, an assault rifle. In fact, I've seen what guns can do, the carnage that they cause. I also am someone who can say guns have saved my life. So I know when and where guns are necessary. The fact of the matter is that we do not need weapons of war on our streets. We do not need kids who aren't even allowed to buy a pack of cigarettes to be able to purchase a gun. And we don't need people to run around where using guns when their family, friends, their loved ones know that they want to commit a massacre. These are simple changes that we want to make to our gun laws. And it's because of Republicans lacking the political courage to go against the NRA that we can't get this done. The unique approach that I'm trying to take is finding Republican allies, bringing people on board, because ultimately, as much as we can be frustrated that the Republicans we need some of them to come on board to get this done and to make it last. So finding places where I can reach out, have a reasonable conversation as someone with a Democrat who can speak with credibility on guns to get them on board with legislation. A few years ago, I had the most bipartisan gun bill before the Congress in, in perhaps decades. It took real hard work. It took rolling up my sleeves with Republicans who were facing a lot of backlash for even working with a Democrat on this issue. But that's ultimately how we're going to make progress. I can't tell you, though, that listening, I'm sure you're frustrated. I'm unbelievably frustrated myself, too. That's it's great to hear. I guess another question that I have on this um, path is just like, what are your personal views on partisanship in America today? And do you think there is any hope? Or do you think that all hope is lost? And it's the Democrats versus the Republicans and there's bipartisanship is dead? I don't think it's dead, but I think it's hard. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of factors Our our, our electoral system, uh, gerrymandering the influence of money in politics, the ex extremism in our primary process, all of these things contribute. There's no question that social media is a huge problem, too, because everybody can find their own little social worlds that reverberate with their own beliefs and just reinforce whatever views they already have. That's a big problem. And the fact that we're living in more segregated communities across the country, uh, not just segregated in the traditional ways like uh, among race and, and class and things like that, although those are still prevalent. Um, but segregated between Democrats and Republicans. I mean, all these things contribute. But at the end of the day, uh, I think it's a mistake to bet against America. I think that America has gone through an awful lot of challenges in the past. We've been through incredibly partisan periods. Uh, we've been through uh, the, the, the chaos of the 
of the Vietnam era and the Civil War, and, you, and we've able to come out the other side. So I, I wouldn't say that bipartisanship is dead and that there's no hope and that we should all just pack our bags and move to Canada or something like that. But I do think that we've got to be honest about what a difficult this time is in America. And I'm not in Congress because it's fun. I'm not in Congress because we're getting a lot done. I'm in Congress because it's times like the present that our politics really matters. It's times like the present when we need good people to be involved to try to change our politics and our political system uh, rather than just sit on the sidelines and let it get even worse. So I guess a follow-up question to that is you talk about people sitting on the sidelines. Is there any advice you might give to a listener who is fed up with what's happening in Washington and how they can get involved by trying to just like find is there any way that our listeners could try to find some hope of promoting bipartisanship just from their homes or any way that they could try to help you guys out? You know, Bobby Kennedy had a great quote about how um, very few of us will ever be in a position to truly change the world on our own. Um, but by each making a small difference to make things a little bit better in our families or our communities or in, or, you know, in the country, uh, that we can all contribute together uh, to writing the history for our generation. Uh, he, of course, was much more eloquent in saying it, but that's the basic gist of, of the truth, which is that you may not be able to change our politics right now, um, but you may be able to be, you may be in a position to truly make a difference in someone's life. One of the issues that I've been working on a lot um, is the botched uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan and how uh, there are so many Afghan heroes that we left behind um, and others that we got out, but really haven't provided the support that they need. So there are a lot of Afghan families, um, people who put their lives on the line, not just for their country, but for ours, worked with our State Department diplomats and with our uh, brave uh, soldiers and Marines in the military. Um, they're they're here now in our communities and they need help and support so that's something that that's just one of many examples of a way that you can contribute to a larger issue that you see on tv and you read about in the newspaper but doesn't always hit home i think the two messages that i have um, for your listeners are, are are simple but people don't always believe them the first is that politics matters in your life you might see all this bickering on TV and think, okay, they can talk about this in Washington and on these crazy news channels, but how does it affect my life? Well, you see what's going on in the Supreme Court right now um, about to take away a woman's fundamental right to have control over her own body. You get an idea of the fact that the Washington politics of today really does affect our own lives. The second point is, okay, maybe it does affect my life, but what say do I have? And the second message I have is that you do have an influence in politics, or at least you can. You can make a difference. Um, as a sitting United States uh, member of Congress, I can tell you that uh, there are a lot of times um, when individuals, often very young people, um, come to me with great ideas that make a difference. I, I have a, a path-breaking bill to restore GI Bill benefits um, to Black veterans of World War II and their descendants uh, after they were taken away by racist VA administrators. That idea came from just a Marine vet who, who uh, sent me a text and said, Seth, you should do something about this. Um, so you can affect our politics. Politics matters to you and you can have an effect on our politics. 
on your website, while I was um, looking around for your plans on climate change, I saw that you have a plan for a high-speed rail system. Could you go yeah. into a little bit more detail on what that would entail? Absolutely. Well, what it means is that if you live in Boston, as I do, you could get to Washington in three hours. You could get to New York in an hour and a half. But not only that, you could get to Chicago in four or five hours with never a weather delay, never uh, a concern about missing a flight because there'd be a train every 30 minutes and all the communities in between Springfield, Massachusetts, Cleveland, Ohio, South Bend, Indiana, they would all be connected as well. So high-speed rail would truly transform this country because what the rest of the world realizes is not only you can get faster and more efficiently, and by the way, it's a lot nicer to ride a high-speed train than be stuffed in an aluminum tube 30,000 feet in the air, but you can also connect all these other parts of the country that have been really left out. Imagine high-speed rail between Chicago and Atlanta. That might seem too long for many people when they think about taking a train somewhere. But that's about the same distance as Beijing to Shanghai, currently the, the most popular high-speed rail line in the entire world. Think about all the, the communities in between that would be connected by building that high-speed rail line in America. This would be truly transformative. I think it's the most transformative infrastructure project that we could do for this nation. And um, what would the impact on the climate be for that? Oh, I mean, it's amazing because high-speed rail is the only truly carbon zero transportation form we have out there today. And it's not just about the fact that you have electric trains, um, that all you need to do is hook them up to uh, renewable or nuclear power and they're carbon free. But on top of that, you promote sustainable communities because high-speed rail incentivizes walkable communities because people want to live near the train stations. Um, very different than cars, whether they're electric or otherwise, who still just inspire sprawly development where everybody is spread out. Um, it's terrible for land use. Highways are terrible for, um, for the impact that they have, not just on the climate, but on the, the land that they take. I mean, think about all the parking spaces that would go away if we didn't have to have as many cars in our world. And that's true with electric vehicles or gas-powered vehicles. I mean, as someone has often as often pointed out, um, or sorry, as I often point out, look, we can all get electric cars. We're just going to have silent traffic jams, but we're still going to be stuck in traffic. That that's a a very a very good point. So, would this? How would this like? How much money would this cost uh, an everyday American to use and to uh, the, like the tax impact on them? Well, first of all, you should know that it will save our country money overall, because building high-speed rail is much more cost-efficient than building highways or building airports. Keep this in mind. One high-speed rail line has the capacity of about 10 highway lanes. Think about that. Two tracks, the capacity of 10 highway lanes. So it's a lot cheaper to build high-speed rail in the long run. It's way more efficient to operate. And that's why the rest of the world is doing it. You don't see 20 lane highways anywhere else in the world. You see high-speed rail lines and you see people who actually have the choice to take the train or if they still want to drive. Look, people in China can go 200 plus miles an hour from city to city. But if they want to go 50 miles an hour on a highway, they can do that too. They have that choice. Here in America, we only have one choice which is usually going about 50 miles an hour when you factor in traffic on a highway. That's it. We're supposed to be the country of freedom and options and opportunity and free economy, but it's not free when it comes to our transportation system. 
it could yeah. get a lot better. And uh, time for our, our final question. And that that is, it's kind of like, I'm going to be frank, the Democrats looking forward onto the midterms and keeping the House, it's not looking great. So what's your kind of quick 30 second pitch to every listener about why they should vote Democrats up and down the ballot? Look, Democrats are the only ones who actually have a plan to address inflation. We're the only ones who actually have a plan to address the climate and we're putting that into action. We're the only ones who are being honest about what happened on January 6th and preventing it from happening to, to again. And we're the only ones who are putting forward a plan with real, even bipartisan solutions to end gun violence. So get out and vote for Democrats because we're the ones who are thinking about the future. Republicans are trying to drag you back to the past. All right, cool. Thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure talking to you. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Take care.